Praise the Lord. Hope everyone had a blessed week. You are listening to Revelation Bible Study from Last Days Ministry here at WGM Church. Before we continue with today's study, let us begin with the words from Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. Truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him and in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? We will study today as we remember the blessing the Lord said to Apostle John. Uh, Revelation 1 verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. As the Lord says in 1 Timothy 2 verse 4, God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Therefore, now that those who have been saved have entered the kingdom of God, they must now know God's master plan for the kingdom of God. Those who know that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords, who now unifies all things and restores the heavens and the earth, and the New Jerusalem participates in God's plan and his work, becomes a mature Christian. Therefore, as you study these words today, I hope that you will receive the message of the Lord, hold on to the true hope, and become victorious while you live on this earth. So then, today, from verse uh, 9, chapter 1, verse 9, the Apostle John saw the vision that he had seen during his exile on the island of Patmos, which he personally saw and witnessed in the Holy Spirit. So this is what will happen in the future. The Bible, especially the book of Revelation, is future history. The world history is records of what has come and passed, but God's word is a prophecy and will come true in the future. So we can express it as future history. Now I will read, starting from verse 9, Revelation 1, verse 9, 10, and 11. 
I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. It says here John was in the Holy Spirit. All of us Christians, those who have received Jesus Christ, and have been born again by the Holy Spirit, are all in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in all Christians. That is why the Apostle Paul said that the presence of Christ is in us. It is a mystery. From today's text, the word in the Spirit is a slight, diff- slightly different meaning. Because it says on the Lord's Day. Yes, the Lord's Day, usually a Sunday, the day after Saturday, but of course it's also a that's also a Sunday. More important, the ultimate Sunday is Jehovah's Day, the Lord's Day. It is a day of wrath. It is day of blessing for God's children, but it is a day of wrath and judgment for the sinful world. This is the very end of the world and the end of tribulation. That is why God placed the Apostle John into the future in the Holy Spirit and allowed him to see everything. In particular, if we look at Revelation 4 verse 2, the answer is found there. Immediately I was in the Spirit. In chapter 4, when the Lord said, Come up hither, the Apostle John suddenly ascended to heaven in spirit. We can see that the Apostle John left his body and went to the throne of God in the third heaven to foretell the things to come and recorded what he saw there. The Apostle Paul spoke as if it were someone else's experience, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, we remember and know that he indirectly told the fact that he did remember that he did not go to the third heaven because he was not to talk about the things he had seen when he was taken up to the third heaven. Why, obviously, John wrote to us what he saw in the Holy Spirit in order to show the saints today what will happen. Because the Spirit of God is an eternal spirit, there is no past, present, or future. It is always present. Therefore, what will happen in the future is present to God. So therefore, Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now it is said that many elders of faith testified of this. Words of the Bible are things to come. Therefore, when you believe this word, you are already in heaven. Heaven is not a place you go to when you die. In Ephesians 2, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised raised us up together 
and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's written in past tense, but it is now. That is why our faith must become the present faith. The belief that you will go to heaven after you die is a very vague belief. Heaven should already be enjoyed now and today, and must be established within us. And the Lord comes and restores everything. When the Lord comes and restores everything, we must know clearly that it will be physically accomplished in the entire universe. Verse 11, he said, send a letter unto the seven churches. Churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamus, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. In particular, the church of Laodicea is a church just before the second coming, where God's authority has disappeared and only people's authority exists. Therefore, the seven churches are actually letters to the churches in the past and spiritually speaking about the age of grace, the types of the age of the church. If we hear the message of the letter to the church, what kind of church do we belong to? We will be able to know what kind of church it is or what kind of church I am. Therefore, we should remember that this message is a message to all who are the children of God and a message to all churches. I will go ahead and read from verse 12 to 20. He said that those who read the words of prophecy are blessed. He said that those who hear are blessed as well. Revelation 1, 12 through 20. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head, was, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. Seven stars are the angels, angels of the seven churches, and the seven golden uh, seven candlesticks which thou sawest, are the seven churches. Here the seven candlesticks are presented. The Bible is interpreted uh, through the Bible. In verse 20, the seven candlesticks are the seven churches. Last time we talked about the number seven. Also in verse 13, one like unto the Son of Man. This is the expression of the Lord who came in human form when our Lord first came. 
the Lord said himself to be the son of man. Foxes have dens and birds have birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Back then the fox was King Herod, and the birds of the air were the religious people who followed him and profited from him or with him. These people have houses and places to lay their heads, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did not have a home while he lived on this earth. When his disciples asked where the Lord stayed, he asked to come and see, and he stayed with them. Even today, you can see that all those who follow the Lord and suffer with him live such difficult lives. Now looking at verse 14, his head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. His appearance here is different from long ago when the Lord first came. His appearance, like the words in Isaiah 53, like a lamb silent before a shear without a fine appearance, and had nothing to admire. So unlike Isaiah 53, this is a very terrifying look. This is the image of the glorified Christ. What is glory? When the Lord now comes to this earth as the Lord of judges, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he will be the Lord of glory. The word glory in the Bible means that the Lord restores everything in the end, casts Satan into the lake of fire. Now the heaven and earth are made into a new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells. And in New Jerusalem, the bride of Christ will live with one Lord forever and ever. The wonderful work of Christ that restores the heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem is the glory. He does all this and is glorified. Therefore, no one in this world should receive the glory. All glory must be received by the Lord, because the Lord has done it all. All salvation was accomplished by the Lord. Even the kingdom of the Lord is accomplished by the Lord himself. All judgments are made by the Lord. That is why just that is why it's just what the Lord is doing, praising the glory. Praising the glory of grace. According to Ephesians, the children of God who have all been chosen as children of God in Christ the praise of God's glory, to the praise of the glory of grace, to praise the glory of the Lord who has given us grace. We have nothing to do but praise. All mountains and streams belong to the Lord. That is why all we have to do, all we can do is give him, uh, give the Lord the glory that it came from him. We have nothing to offer. Everything belongs to the Lord. Expressing this is a hymn. Praising the Lord. We are to praise the Lord. Now the Lord is no longer the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, but he is really coming as a lion of the tribe of Judah. Peter testified that Satan attacks the saints like a roaring lion imitating the Lord. The Lord is not a roaring lion, but a lion from the tribe of Judah. So if we look at Revelation 1.16, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, 
and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. It says here he had seven stars. There are stars embedded on Hollywood Walk of Fame. Those stars are glorified. Los Angeles. It's a city known to be the city of angels. The seven stars here are the seven angels. But the stars in Los Angeles, city of angels, are not true stars. Rather, they are cursed stars. This isn't really the star we want to be. The star that God truly speaks of is the star that will turn many people to the right place in righteousness when the Lord comes in the future. We can see what was written in Daniel chapter 12. Therefore, we should not be the stars trampled on this earth, but become the stars of eternity. Although we may be disgraceful, nameless, lack of light, and suffering and living painfully on this earth right this moment, in spite of this, we endure together with the Lord on, and bear witness to the gospel of Christ, leading at least one person before the Lord to the death and resurrection will shine as a star in heaven forever. Which star do you want to be? Star in the sky? This cannot be compared to the scar, uh, stars of today. Stars on this land, stars on this earth can be seen abusing drugs, becoming alcoholics, and commit suicide because there is no joy. But the stars that God approves, the eternal stars, will never do that. Here's a double-edged sword. According to Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Lord uses both edges. First, it hurts sinners by pointing out their sins and sometimes giving them difficulties. One edge for wounding, and the other is for healing and treatment of those who receives a wound and confesses that they are a sinner, repents and returns to the Lord, who will not perish but receive eternal life. It is not a physical treatment, but an eternal spiritual treatment. Even if the body is healed, it gets sick again and dies. By accepting the two-edged sword of the Lord, repenting and receiving eternal life with healing, eternal healing is utmost important. The Lord said that he had such a sword when his face was shining like the sun, shining with its fierce force. Malachi 4.2 says that the Lord is like the rising sun of righteousness. This is talking about the second coming of the Lord. The sun has three rays. The first is infrared, then the uh, visible light, and then third, the ultraviolet ray. UV rays are untouchable and invisible to the eye. This indirectly shows God the Father, which we cannot feel or see. The visible light symbolizes the invisible God who came to this earth as the God, the Son, in a visible body. The Holy Spirit came to this earth and appears as a power in infrared rays and healing rays. Therefore, the UV, visible light, and infrared light indirectly show that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are these three trinities. 
There are many manifestations of God's divinity in nature. So no one has any excuses. You can see that the Holy Spirit testified in Romans through the Apostle Paul that there is no excuse. Roman, uh, Revelation 1.18 I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Now the Lord is living in heaven as a high priest. Came as a prophet at the first coming. He died as a prophet who testified to the truth. He will reign forever as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How wonderful is this? Looking at Revelation 1.19, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which hereafter. Three things. What he saw, the past, what's going on right now, present, and what will happen hereafter, the future. The Apostle John is now in the time of tribulation in the Holy Spirit. Are we in the future from our point of view? That's why we saw the church age. About the church age for 2,000 years. Revelations chapter 1 through 3. Things that are past. Currently, the Apostle John was taken up into heaven and went up to record the things he saw on the throne in heaven. Chapters 4 through 19. From the rapture of the saints to the second coming of Jesus Christ in chapter 19 as the present. The future is about the eternal world where the new Jerusalem will come down from heaven after the end of the millennium and the final judgment and how the eternal world will unfold forever. This is referring to the future events of Revelation 20, 21 and 22. Therefore, anyone who enters into the Holy Spirit will be able to understand these words. That is why the Lord said, Let those who have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You will find understanding as you pray and listen. Now, as we enter chapter 2, what message does God give from the church in Ephesus to the church in Laodicea? This is not an events of the past, but a message to me and you and to all the churches on the earth right now. Hearing this, accepting rebuke, repenting to be corrected, giving thanks and holding fast to the blessings we have. Before the opportunity passes, we must fully repent and become a praiseworthy church and Christians when the Lord comes. Therefore, chapters 1 to 3 refer to the events that will take place in the age of church, the age of grace from the first coming of Jesus Christ to the second coming. I will read from chapter 2, verse 1. Letter to the Church in Ephesus Revelation 2, verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Now, who is receiving the word of God? He is the angel of the churches. Angels can usually be thought as messengers of God, but this is limiting the word of God. Angels like Gabriel acted as messengers of the good news. They do more than just this. In Matthew 18.10, seeing that the disciples, for they 
children from coming, the Lord spake to his disciples, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. There are angels in heaven representing children. Therefore an angel representing the little children appears on the heavenly throne. When I go to Mexico or other Southern American um, countries to preach the gospel, many children come to church. Then we preach the message again, inviting them to the gospel of Christ. At the end, we gather all the little children to the front so that they can also receive the Lord through the words of Matthew 18.10. Many South American children live in harsh conditions. That's why I give the words of blessing to those little children, telling them, your angels are representing you on the throne of God. If you ask anything, if you ask for anything in the name of Jesus Christ, the Father will know and solve it for you. From now on, please pray and give thanks in the name of Jesus Christ. Then God will do everything. Children are comforted when we preach them this. And to the parents of the children, we tell them, That may be your child. They are first a child of God. The angel of your child will always see and report to the father. Never abuse your children and treat them well as children of God. First of all, you must never forget that your children are interested, entrusted to you as children of God for a while and that their angels reveal all their affairs to God the Father from the heavenly throne individually. Now here in Ephesus, the church in this church was from 33 AD to 200. And the foundation was built with the apostles and representative people were Polycarp, Ignatius, Justin Martyr, and Papias. We can see that at the time there were already seeds of such a church tradition sprouting up that Greek philosophies had come in and destroy the faith of Bible believers. We can now understand its content of the message the Lord gives to the church in Ephesus. Let's look at chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and and hast found them liars and has borne, and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. Here we see that the first compliment, and the self-proclaimed apostles, the false apostles. This church tested and weighed all things according to the Bible, and called out against those who were um, against the word. They were diligent, um, hard-working, excellent, and obedient church indeed. Nevertheless, in verses 4 and 5, there are some words of rebuke. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. 
The Lord's rebuke is not for church orthodoxy or failure to keep the commandments of the church. This is when the first love has started to go away. The love has grown cold as there are more rituals and forms. As the church worked a lot, there were more people and soon formed an organization. As a result, the church has become an organization that is moved by human authority rather than by working of the Holy Spirit. As a result, this kind of church places more importance on works than brotherly love. There are many churches um, that are like this today. So in the end, as the church worked, it became indifferent and indecisive to those who were suffering in the dark. That is why the Lord said, if you do not repent of this, I will move, relocate the candlestick. The seven candlesticks are said to be the seven churches. In the end, he moves the influence of the church, which takes on the role of the light and salt, as well as the power and influence of the church. It is saying that it destroys the power of the church that does not shine in the darkness. So what is first love? When you accepted Jesus Christ and realized that not only your past sins, but also all your sins were forgiven, you were justified, and you were born again by the Holy Spirit. How happy were you when you were lifted from the burden of your sins? At that time, you didn't really hate anyone <clears throat> when, when they insulted you. This was because the fact that you were saved. But gradually, as time went by, you forget about it. It is proof that anything, if anything, other than the fact that I was saved gives me happiness and joy, I have already entered into the temptation to sin and I am losing my first love. This is true between God and His children, but also in our Christian marital relationship. When we first got married, we were in love. But when our, grew love, uh, when our love grew cold, we eventually took something from that person. And if we didn't have it, or if we didn't receive it, we ended up uh, disappointed. For that same reason, 90% of the divorced people in the United States became unfaithful and looked for alternatives because they cannot satisfy the lust of the flesh. Kind of quite miserable, isn't it? Sadly, it's a common issue of the people in the world and even among the Christians. Dear listeners, is there anything more pleasing than the fact that you were saved at the moment you hear these words? It is time to repent. When you get down on your knees before the Lord and repent of where you fell from the joy of grace and come before the Lord, I believe that the Lord will wash you with blood and anoint you with the Holy Spirit, so that you can once again bear the joy of being saved and carry out the mission of witnessing the gospel. This is the message to us today. At this time, I kindly ask you to close your eyes and pray before the Lord. Lord, I gave up my first love. That joy is gone. I am complaining about something else. Please forgive me, Lord. And now that I repent, may the Holy Spirit anoint me and wash me with the blood of Christ and make me holy again. 
rejoicing in the fact that I am truly saved and bear witnessing to the to this gospel. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when you pray as such, believe that you will be filled with the love of Christ by working hard when you accept his rebuke and the praise the Lord gave to the church in Ephesus. Are there people who have not yet received Jesus Christ and have not been saved at this time? What in the world could satisfy you? When you receive Jesus Christ and cast off all your sins, your conscience is washed with the blood of Jesus Christ, and you are born again by the Holy Spirit. So even if your body perishes, you will not fall into hell, but will go to eternal heaven. At this time, please bow your head and believe that Christ died for my sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Lord, forgive my sins of not believing in Jesus Christ. Please come into me, wash my sins. Give me the Holy Spirit and save me. Lead me from sin to righteousness, and from death to life, and from hell to heaven. Until the day you come, let the Holy Spirit guide me in the truth and help me to walk in it. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those who prayed like this will be saved on this earth today and live a life of peace and grace. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening in. We'll see you next week.